Thanks for tuning into the Sounds of Healing podcast. You will discover a new way of being using the power of sound and vibrations. We'll be having conversations with new thought leaders, sound healers, and mind-body experts. Listen and find the path to your elevated dreams. I am so excited and thrilled and honored and grateful that Ricky Kej is our guest today. And I'd like to tell you about his background. Ricky Kedge is an internationally acclaimed Grammy-winning music composer, U.S. Billboard number one artist, environmentalist, UNESCO ambassador for kindness, and ambassador for UNICEF and Earth Day Network. Ricky has won over 100 music awards in over 20 countries and performed his music live in concert to audiences worldwide in over 25 countries. A signatory to the United Nations has recently named Ricky Kej as one of the hundred real leaders who inspire the future. The House of Commons, Parliament of Canada, has awarded Ricky for his outstanding musical and humanitarian achievement. A chapter on Ricky's life and musical journey is taught in the seventh grade English textbooks in India. Ricky is also a professor at the prestigious National Institute of Advanced Studies in India. His past repertoire of work includes 16 studio albums released internationally, over 3,500 commercials, and four feature films, including the natural history documentary Wild Karnataka, narrated by Sir David Attenborough. During his musical career, Ricky Cage has associated and collaborated with artists such as Lady Smith Black, Nambazo, Peter Gabriel, Stuart Copeland of The Police, Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul, and Mary, Soweto Gospel Choir, Philip Lawrence of Bruno Mars, Roger Waters, Amitabh Bachkan, Shankar Mahadevan, Rick Allen of Def Leppard, Patty Austin, and Vishwa Mohan Bhatt, and many more. Ricky has been awarded the United Nations Global Humanitarian Artist Award. Among other awards, to his credit, he has also won Producer of the Year at the South African Music Awards Album of the Year at the Zone Music Awards in New Orleans, USA, Global Indian Music Award, Murchi Music Awards in India, and Center for Conscious Creativity's Future Vision Award in Los Angeles. Even beyond all these awards and accolades is Ricky's huge heart and his passion to change the world with his vision, with his projects, with his music, with his voice, which he does so impactfully. So let us all be inspired Let's all become more and more sensitive to our environment, to the world, to how we can be the change. Ricky has been called the Beethoven of India, following in Gandhi's footsteps. Please help me warmly welcome Ricky Kesh. Thank you so much, Karen. Uh, and that uh, was quite an elaborate uh, introduction. <laughs> yeah, it's a mouthful. It's like, so exciting. <laughs> You're amazing. It's so exciting. I just, it's such an honor. I remember when you invited me to this big, amazing Peace Award event in LA. And it was the beginning of a new chapter in my life. It's just been so amazing to watch all that you produce. I could never stop watching the documentaries and the videos that make such an impact on changing the world, the environment and people. There's so much I wanna to talk to you about. One thing I'd love for you to share is how you use sound and your song and your voice to impact the world and how we can learn how to take this vision and some passion to impact one more person at a time and how, how you do that. 
you pretty much hit it on the nail that uh, you know that uh, we can create music for causes but it's very very important to have impact you know even if it impacts one person that makes a huge amount of difference so i believe that you know with so many problems that we are facing on this planet you know like whether they are environmental problems like climate change species extinction deforestation plastics pollution or societal problems like you know hunger you have uh, education you have loss of gender equality and uh, poverty and all these other issues i believe that the biggest uh, problem that humanity is facing the biggest issue is that uh, is the constant thought we have that somebody else will make a difference you know uh, everybody feels uh... that somebody else will make a difference everybody is waiting for governments to make a difference for intergovernmental bodies for ngos for not for profits for corporations to make a difference when the truth is that we ourselves are agents of change and if we bring about small incremental changes within our own lives you know we're making a huge difference but the problem is that we don't empower ourselves you know that that you know that the small changes that the tiny changes that we can make within our own lives will actually make a difference because we just don't feel that we have the power to make that difference so i believe that we need to empower ourselves and everyone around us to understand that we do have the power to bring about incremental changes within our own lives and thus bring about mass change and i believe that music can be that very very strong catalyst uh, to encourage people to uh, bring about changes within their own lives and of course you know with all these issues that i mentioned i would say that every person on the street uh, is aware of most of these problems that i just mentioned you know the, everybody has got some degree of awareness and everybody people might not know the specifics of the problem or the statistical numbers of these problems but everybody is aware that you know that the human race are facing all these problems so how do we convert all of this awareness into action you know that's always the golden question it's not about awareness because everybody is aware at some degree of these problems so i believe that again you know you can you can uh, make a thousand speeches about these problems you can throw a whole lot of scientific data at people but it takes musicians and it takes other art forms and other artists to actually convert these complex ideas into simplified thoughts you know like uh, you know through the emotional language of music and reach out to people so a single song can do what a whole lot of speeches cannot do and uh, that's the way you can probably convert people from mere awareness from being merely aware of problems to actually taking action on those problems and bringing about change so that is where i believe that music can actually bring about huge amounts of impact it's so amazing they say a picture is worth a thousand words so when you put it with the videos that are so powerful it's worth millions of words and really gets into people's hearts and lives it's so amazing i read about how your parents weren't enthusiastic about you going into music probably they weren't the only parents that have that fear and how you went to all the trouble of going all the way through dentistry school so that you could do your music and it's just amazing your parents must be so proud of how you're changing the world that you followed your passion and also that you recommend that the youth young adults go and get an education because your talent is so huge and you were self-taught and then you realized you wanted to be educated and nowadays another part that is so awesome is that you went out of the box further and you use this technology and what could you share with musicians and aspiring musicians that could help them find their unique path yeah so uh, as you correctly mentioned uh, my uh, my father and mother were not uh, 
very happy about me becoming a musician so in india it's in our 12th grade that uh, you know that we have to make a very strong decision as to what we want to do for the rest of our lives and our and our education after the 12th grade depends completely on what your end goal is so that is when i went to my father and i told him that dad you know i want to be a musician for the rest of my life and i want music to be my profession my hobby my bread and butter and everything that i do and my father was just looking at me you know thinking that when is he going to make the punchline you know is this guy joking or what you know <laughs> and and it was not a joke i was very serious about it and my father was quite uh, angry about that and uh, there's a lot of drama at home a lot of pushing and pulling a lot of heartache and all of that stuff and at the end of it uh, my father and i reached a compromise that i would have to finish off a degree in dental surgery and once i get that degree then my life is my own and he would never question me for the rest of my life so i had to do that so i went to college for 5 years and at the end of 5 years i did not know anything about dental surgery but i got a degree which is uh, quite a testimony to the education system nowadays so so i got the degree and i gave it to my father and uh, i told him that this is for you i want to be a full time musician and uh, so there was no looking back after that so the advice that i would give to people who want to get on that path and you know and uh, who have uh, you know parents uh, who are pretty much controlling their lives and you know and they cannot do anything otherwise is that uh, is two things actually uh, one is that uh, you know uh, it, it it it's important for you to believe in yourself and it's important to have those leadership qualities because it's not a traditional career path you know doing uh, 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 music is not a traditional career path and it's not uh, it's not got a well defined trajectory you know because uh, at the end of the day it's an art form and you have to find your own path into making your own career sustainable and into uh, uh, making your own lives financially sustainable so so that way you know it's important for you to have the leadership qualities and if you cannot stand up to your parents and if you cannot uh, truly believe in what you're doing enough to understand that you know that you're probably on your own right now and you have to get things done and you have to be a musician then you know then uh, probably the career is not for you you know because uh, uh, and the second thing is that uh, what i always tell people is that people ask me that but how do i know that i'm good enough you know how do i know that yeah. you know that uh, that you know that i'll be successful as a musician so i tell them that you will know it's just like being in love you know that you know that you're in love you know and similarly you know you yeah. will know that you know that this is my career and this is my life you know for the next you know 60 years or whatever that you know that i'm going to be a musician i'm going to be an artist or i'm going to be a sculptor i'm going to be a dancer or i'm going to be a writer you will know immediately that you know that this is what is in store for you for the rest of your life so you just have to go in that path and you have to follow it that's it <laughs> yeah that's beautiful i heard it once said that you can't not do it you know the pull is so strong that you would always feel something missing and and just to have that to be in the state of mind where you're clear and you can feel that pull and you can feel that passion and it's so much bigger than fear and it doesn't follow intellect or even success in the world's eyes if if it's what you really feel called to do and i i'm finding that in my own life i've kind of followed my own path with music and and just now even it's just i'm finding more and more pass opening up and it's like wow if you don't give up if you follow your heart you you just really find that that voice that can can make a difference so it's so beautiful something that's just is so amazing is your two last two big projects with kids and just the resilience of kids it must just be so beautiful cuz you remind me of having that the wonder of a child and nothing's stopping you and you just have energy forever so the listeners know it was yesterday that you 
just launched your Shine Your Light, which was this huge project with United Nations, the United Nations Refugee Agency, which is a two-time Nobel um, Peace Prize winners. And you had 24 youth from different parts of the world, and you created this powerful song. And one of my favorite parts is that they were had so much violence and war and persecution, which you would think, because people can use music to process that, right? It's like it can help you release trauma and so many things, but instead they wanted to inspire others and bring joy to the world. So I would just love to hear any stories you might have of what that was like as you saw them just shine forth their light. And it's just amazing. I'm going to include the link in your bio. Thank you so much for that. And uh, that was truly a very, very emotional and a very personal project for me. So, so how that started off is that, uh, the UNHCR, as you mentioned, the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, two-time Nobel Peace Prize winning organization, lovely, lovely organization, which is the main agency for the United Nations that works with refugees all over the world. Uh, so they're doing really good work and uh, and a lot of thankless work, you know, because they're many times cursed by countries for supporting refugees, you know. The thing is that uh, so they, uh, they got in touch with me and uh, they said that, you know, that we have these 24 refugees who are currently living in India, but they're from all over the world and India has given shelter to them. So these 20, and of course, India has got uh, many hundreds of thousands of refugees uh, living in India. But these 24 refugees are were actually musicians in their own countries, uh, but to escape persecution and violence and uh, being targeted on uh, for, this, for the very reason that they are musicians. Music is looked down upon by the cultures of these countries. So the thing is that for, uh, for the very reason that they are musicians and they're becoming popular as musicians in their countries, they had to flee their countries and they've been given refuge in India. So they cannot even think about music or think about art uh, because they've got other worries, you know, of survival and of just being a refugee and not having a country, you know, not having a home. So they introduced me to them online because it was during the pandemic about three or four months ago. I spoke to them and then I ended up mentoring them. Every week I was doing a mentoring session with them where I would teach them music. I would sort of like, you know, teach them the business of music. I would talk to them about what copyrights are and the different types of protections that they can get for their copyrights and performing, recording in a studio. So I was basically having different sessions for all of them. And this culminating culminated with us actually creating a song. And as you mentioned, you know, uh, the whole idea in my head was that you know that uh, when we create a song, they're going to try to create a song which is about the pain that they've seen, the suffering, the tribulations, the trials that they've gone through, the violence that they've seen, the darkness. And, uh, and you know, and I spoke to them very clearly thinking that that's exactly what they want to do. And then they were like, no, you know, that uh, we want to sing about hope. We want to sing about joy. We want to sing about giving motivation to the rest of the world because everybody's facing darkness right now during the pandemic. So we want to give motivation to everyone. And that really, really motivated me to another level. And, you know, and I was so happy working with them, learning about the various reasons why each of them are refugees, learning about the violence that they've seen and the difficulties mm -hmm. that they faced. And, you know, and that camaraderie came around with, between us. And it was so, ha I was so happy to work with them and to fulfill wow. the small dream within them to continue doing their music. That is amazing. It's like the light just becomes this beautiful bonfire. It's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, it was already so powerful to, to watch and listen to that and to read what you had. Is there any backstory about the people, about some of the musicians that we could read? So without, uh, there are a couple of backstories, but uh, without naming names of the musicians. Right, uh, right. Uh, so one person had uh, was uh, uh, had become quite popular in Afghanistan. Uh, you know, there was like a television show 
you know, after Afghanistan was freed, there was a television show there, which was sort of like American Idol, but uh-huh. a version in uh, Afghanistan. And he had reached, uh, he and uh, three other uh, uh, gentlemen from Afghanistan had reached the finals of that particular show as singers. And he's a beautiful, beautiful singer, amazing, amazing voice, a deeply spiritual voice. And uh, the thing is that, so basically the Taliban over there, uh, you know, who, uh, who I assume were in hiding, they were constantly threatening him and the other uh, singers wow. and, uh, you know, and uh, threatening the lives of their families and them and things like that. And because of this, he was forced to flee Afghanistan because it reached a point where it was, uh, the threats became extremely real and he had to flee Afghanistan and then he came to India. So that's uh, uh, one story. And there are multiple stories like this. There are stories of people whose families have been killed uh, in uh, the countries that they were in. And because of that, they had to actually uh, flee to uh, to India. So that's basically uh, the stories. You know, it, it's very, very difficult. That is so powerful. We, we don't understand what it's like to have freedom to have our voice. And when we do have that freedom, how to use it, like you are inspiring us all to do. It's so amazing. And then you also have my earth song songs for a better world, which is now in the, in the process of, of the Grammy nominations and all that, which you know what it feels like to win, which is really awesome to get that. you already have so much, but that's so beautiful that you can have that deserve it so much. So it's with Lonnie Park and you have an earth, the earth band and also with, Buder Kellerman, who you did make Winds of Samsara with. So I was just wondering, that project is so cool. That's with UNICEF? Yes. And I read that um, you're including about race, gender equality, poverty, hunger, and conservation, while the solutions are being interconnected and having empathy and kindness and compassion, which just sums up the world right now. I mean, we could just look at the news for about a minute and just want to freak out or we can just know that the world is becoming a better place and we can be part of that so it's so so exciting that whole project i'd I'd love to know more and also it was it's a viewed by 25 million people in 75 nations and you did it at the united nations general assembly with heads of states and world leaders it's just so amazing i'd love to include that link as well your projects are so huge to say they're global and i love my next question is going to be about nature how you bring everything of my passions too together so how did that all come about it's so awesome thank you so much for asking and uh, uh, i'll start with your first comment of the grammys so for me always uh, you know awards is always meant a platform you know to do bigger and better things you know because yes. awards sometimes are used as vanity that you know that i won an award yay and all that stuff and i do believe that awards are very important because awards give you recognition and also awards uh, give you a platform like especially if you are into social causes and things like that it yes. gives you a platform to make your law voice more heard and uh, more taken seriously. So that's why I'm very grateful for the awards that I have uh, achieved simply because that is what has given me a voice and that's what enables me to do whatever Mm -hmm. I possibly want to do, you know, and the things that I feel strongly about. Now, when it comes to Mayat songs, uh, Mayat songs is a a project, again, we know very close to my heart because, uh, you know, since 2015, after I won the Grammy Award, I decided very strongly that every single piece of music that I ever make is, uh, I, in fact, I'm going to stop all forms of commercial music and every single piece that I ever make is going to be mm. about positive social impact or about sustainability, environmental sustainability. 
So that's what started off a new journey of mine of only doing this for the rest of my life. And uh, so uh, while I was doing this and traveling around the world with Lonnie and, you know, and performing and all of that stuff and performing in all these countries. And uh, I realized that, you know, that uh, if you want, if you're looking at creating, if the end result that you're looking at is, of course, in a very holistic way, that if you're looking at creating a more environmentally conscious society or in general, a more conscious society, then we have to start with the children. And I have always believed that children are born with empathy, children are born with kindness, children are born with compassion, children are born with environmental consciousness. But, you know, our education system is sort of systematically erasing that in children, you know, the way that it works. It's systematically removing that, you know. And uh, so, so the whole aim of my Earth songs was not to actually teach children things, but to retain whatever they're born with, you know, and to uh, retain all of those good qualities that human beings are born with. So we, we came up with these 27 songs on various complex ideas and complex topics with the help of UNICEF, which is the organization of the United Nations that works for children's rights all over the world, a wonderful, wonderful, and a huge organization. Mm -hmm. So uh, just to tell you how huge they are in a country like India itself, they are available in 16 states across India. So that's the amount of groundwork that they're doing. So we, uh, so we collaborated with them and we wrote these 27 songs based on, you know, various topics, taking these complex ideas and bringing them down to simplified rhymes and simplified ideas mm -hmm. so, that, uh, so that every child can understand what they can do within their own lives at that level and at that thing. So it is not talking down to children, but it was making the songs realistic for the education system. So our whole aim in 2018 was that this is going to be part of the education system. And in India, we were very glad that in India, it was adopted by the government of India. So uh, we are currently in 5 million textbooks across India. So the songs appear in the textbooks of children and there's a QR code where, you know, you can scan mm -hmm. that and, uh, you know, the song appears on the phone of the teacher or the parent. And it's had huge and measurable impact across India with uh, this. And we're scaling it up to 11 million textbooks all around the world by wow. 2011. And uh, that culminated with us doing a live show, as you mentioned, uh, to raise funds uh, uh, for uh, the COVID relief efforts of UNICEF. We did this live event, which, as you said, was telecast in television channels in more than 75 countries in Asia and in uh, Europe. And uh, the and we raised good amount of funds for the for UNICEF for their COVID relief efforts. And that recording, uh, you know, mm -hmm. of that live concert with all these musicians from different parts of the world, that became the album uh, which was eventually released by universal music in uh, in the uk so universal music oh. has been has been very very helpful to actually reach it out to more and more schools and more and more networks of parents and teachers and education wow. systems all over the world yeah <laughs> that's so so powerful and i love the impact you have with the internet which is making us the world all connected together and and i read that you had 2 million views in how much time recently? Oh, that was a new song, yeah. That was like in a day or two you had that many? Yeah, in about three days, I think. That was another song which I did in Hindi, in the Indian language. So that was uh, a song that I did for Mahatma Gandhi's birthday. As all of us know, Mahatma Gandhi is the father mm. of the nation of India and also pretty much the epitome of, like, you know, of peaceful... Uh, of peacefulness, of ideals of peace, love and tolerance. So uh, uh, an international figure basically who inspired Nelson Mandela, who inspired Martin Luther King and various other people and mm -hmm. Mother Teresa, all of them were inspired heavily by the life of Mahatma Gandhi. So to commemorate his birthday, his 151st birthday, uh, what we did was that I created a song with two brilliant other musicians in India, that is Salim and Suleiman. And we created a song based on his saying of be the change you want to see, you know? 
so yeah. that was the song and uh, it, it was a huge success it uh, you know i think a matter of two or three days we managed to get 2 million views and um, you know and i'm very happy that people you know are uh, are appreciating songs which are about causes and you know and uh, and bringing them into mainstream rather than the usual songs about you know love songs and songs about partying and things like that you know so i'm very very grateful that this is having wow. some amount of impact you're starting a whole new trend it's so amazing actually i'm not starting the trend i'm just uh, uh, there are there are greats who have done this before me and they've yeah, opened the door for true. me yeah that's true i should say you're carrying on the you're yeah. reactivating you're 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 another one in the chain of 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 the world changers yeah that's yes. what how i would look at it is yeah. that they've opened the door you know and right. uh, for me and people like me have just squeezed in you know <laughs> <laughs> and we might squeeze in behind you right it's amazing that's so amazing and the other thing is your connection with nature is so powerful and it's everything you're doing it's like your whole life was prepared to come in now when the world needs it i mean i like you said you're not just coming in now but everybody now has to test to listen i mean we can't not listen so how did you get your deep connection with nature so uh, as i mentioned i've always been a musician my whole life even when i was like very very young and uh, along with that i've always been an environmentalist though during those days i did not know what an environmentalist meant so very few people know that i actually grew up in america i was born in north carolina and ah. uh, so why well, you couldn't make out with my thick southern accent <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so, I like that. <laughs> so, so the thing is that so I uh, I was born in North Carolina and uh, I lived there till I was eight years old. Uh, that's when my parents decided to move uh, back to India. So uh, so while I was over there, you know, I lived in this small town called Roanoke Rapids, which is on the border of North Carolina with with Virginia, and uh, it was sort of like in the middle of nowhere. So there was this huge forest kind of a place behind our house, and we used to have a lot of the so-called creepy crawly creatures who would enter uh, our home, you know, like snakes and lizards and you know and various insects and things like that. And while my family and uh, my friends would run away from these seemingly dangerous animals and even warn me uh, to do that. uh you know i was very drawn towards them and uh, people would tell me that you know they're very dangerous animals or cartoons would tell me that they're all villains you know like uh, snakes are villains and snakes are bad guys you know because that's what uh, cartoons always the lizards and the snakes are always the villains of a cartoon you know and yeah. uh, so then i would wonder that why you know i used to wonder in my child brain you know that why uh, why are they villains you know then why do they exist you know they must be having some purpose you know so then i realized that you know that uh, every creature has a purpose and every single living being has a purpose in the ecosystem and of course now i know that you know that the whole ecosystem and the whole world is basically there's a delicate balance maintained and everybody's got a purpose in maintaining that balance you know and uh, so uh, so so that's how i grew you know because for me all these animals even the seemingly dangerous animals uh were uh, you know i would think of them as being my brothers and sisters and you know and it was not their world and my world as being separate it was always our world and we are all sharing this world you know so that's how i grew wow. up and and of course later on i realized that oh i'm an environmentalist you know because i believe in all of this so so that's what so i've always been an environmentalist and my music is always reflected that from time to time but as i mentioned it was 2015 winning the grammy was that pivoting point where i realized that you know my life should be about this you know because if i feel strongly about this then you know this is the only kind of music that i should be making simply because my music should be a reflection of my beliefs my personality and i should stop everything else you know so so that's what it is you know so <laughs> 
That is so, so beautiful. Wow, thank you. It's like you're always reactivating your childhood and and you came in with this huge purpose. It's just beautiful, all that you share. And what could you share with us to help us as we're changing our lives during COVID? And I always think of the silver linings because there are a lot of good can come from it, even though, of course, it's been so traumatic and so much damage and fatality and, and, and so much stress, but you have come through bringing everyone together as, as a leader, how we can move forward even stronger. And what could you share with, with, with us about how we can do that in our lives? So I believe that, uh, you know, the, even much before the pandemic and even now the biggest existential crisis that we humans are facing is climate change because climate change is yes. huge it's affecting all of us uh, uh, you know and uh, and things are just getting worse and worse and you know entire island nations are going underwater and uh, you know people uh, communities are losing their homes and the natural disasters are getting worse and worse every hurricane every cyclone every uh, pretty much every natural disaster is just uh, getting worse and we keep reading about it in the news Everybody before the pandemic said that, you know, that the only way we can bring about change is basically people change their behaviors, people stop using fossil fuels, people stop going out, uh, you know, so often in their cars, people use, people need to use public transportation, people stop flying around in planes, and all of that stuff. And everybody said that it's not possible because people are never going to change their behavior. Governments are not going to make strong decisions that go against economies, governments are not going to be bothered and things like that. But then the pandemic has clearly shown us that if people believe that there is clear and imminent danger to themselves or to their loved ones, then they are capable of change, you know, and that's what the pandemic has shown. People stayed at home, people kept themselves safe, people kept people around themselves safe. Uh, Governments made very strong decisions of lockdowns all over the world, uh, you know, which even went against their own economies and things like that. So everybody became responsible because it was communicated clearly to the people that, that, you know, that there is clear and imminent danger to you or your loved ones, you know. So I believe that you know, that climate change needs to be communicated well enough after the pandemic so that people understand that, you know, that you don't have to be under lockdown or anything, but you can just be a little more socially responsible. So that is what uh, I believe that, you know, that the communication needs to be stronger and people need to continue being as responsible to the environment as they are during the pandemic. And, you know, as a, I mean, just as a joke, uh, I believe that, you know, that uh, climate change needs to hire the publicist of COVID, you know, and, uh, you know, and, 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 you know and, and communicate in the same way that COVID has communicated to the world that, you know, there is danger and you need to make a difference within your own lives so that climate change, can, climate action can be more successful in the future. That, that's, that's really <laughs> very, very powerful. Yeah, it's an impact that no one can ignore because it's it's everybody and how it brings us to, has brought us together true it's amazing right so, so i've always prided myself as being very good at technology you know and helping out people when it comes to technology but but yeah when i got into this pandemic i realized i do not know anything because there's so much that i had to learn and uh, this pandemic has pretty much been a complete uh, you know lifestyle shift for us musicians uh, you know the things that uh, we are so used to doing you know like traveling and performing on stage and uh, you know, and uh, plus most of us have pivoted our careers towards, you know, getting our income from live performances rather than sales of music or streaming and all of that stuff. And, right. uh, you know, so all of that pretty much came to an end. And of course, there are a whole lot of other musicians who 
their their income is just like almost like a daily wage you know where they just perform at a place and they make their money and that's how you know they earn their livelihood so for them it's been uh, it's been quite disastrous so it has been quite a, a steep learning curve for me where uh, where i've learned how to live stream i've learned how to use all these softwares like obs and uh, streamyard and you know and facebook live and instagram live and understanding which platform uh, allows you to stream in mono which uh, platforms uh, you can stream in stereo and which ones have got better video streaming which ones got better audio streaming so all these permutations and combinations and i'm still working hard on it and uh, trying to figure out more and more uh, but uh, the issue is that when it comes to live performances if all the musicians are performing from one location and it's just one internet connection that is beaming them out mm-hmm. uh, then you know there is no problems but the issue comes in when there are multiple performers performing from different parts of the world because you just cannot avoid that latency and uh, just a small millisecond of latency can throw off the entire mm-hmm. band so that is where you know uh, we are having huge issues and we've realized that you know that we need to pre-record our concerts simply because uh, you know the technology just does not exist uh, to actually uh, and you cannot take chances on such a technology oh. because especially on internet streaming if you if in the middle of the concert you're actually saying stuff like you know can you hear me or you yeah. know am i loud enough or am i clear people are just going to shift away because people have got such short attention spans right. and uh, you know and i was speaking with the guys the folks at facebook and the folks at uh, youtube uh, in india and they were telling me that for all these live performances that are going on like you know which are an hour long or 2 hours long the average uh, uh, the average uh, engagement per person who is actually viewing is actually between 5 and 6 minutes wow so the view counts are basically of engagement between 5 and 6 minutes which is actually not that shocking if you think about it because because people's attention spans are so short on the internet because when they're watching a video there are 100 related things that are scrolling up and scrolling down and yeah. you know and so many other windows that are open that catches their attention so if you lose their attention even for a second they're just going to move to that so uh, the the sort of like you know the the captive audiences that we're used to at you know at stadiums or at arenas yeah. or at uh, or at uh, theaters where they just come in to have a good time and they come in with the intention of just listening to music and they're sitting down they relax and listening to music and you can actually have a gradient for your concerts that no longer exists and we need to pivot to other things because what i was advised by facebook is that have your strongest songs in the beginning you know mm-hmm. whereas you know normally yes. in a concert you have a gradient and you have your most energetic and your best song in the end they said yeah. that people are not going to stay back right up to the end wow. so you have your most powerful songs in the beginning because your engagement is going to be mainly in the beginning and it's not like people are going to be bored with you they're just going to watch your performance for about 15 or 16 minutes and they're going to be like okay i've been entertained enough let's watch something else now you know so that's the idea so uh, so it, so the whole idea of a live concert online has completely changed and we are going to stumble into understanding exactly what are the do's and don'ts and what's the correct way of actually doing a live performance <laughs> wow is that something you're helping the students that you're mentoring learn about how to do that yeah, the students are basically the refugees so those are the only yes. students that i have because i normally do not teach this is my first teaching oh. gig with anyone yeah oh my so, gosh and you're so such, you have so much to teach yeah i'm technically a professor but uh, that's uh, more of an honorary role i'm a professor at the indian institute of science in india which uh-huh. is a premier science institute in india okay. sort of like the mit of india uh, but that is for something else that is because uh, the dean of the university uh, 
felt that you know that uh, you know coming to one of my concerts felt that what i'm doing essentially is science communication you know talking about the environment and all of that stuff through the language of music so he said that you know you'll be very valuable to us because you can you can talk to all our professors about you know science communication and the way that you communicate science and simplify you know mm-hmm. ideas and thoughts so so that's why i became a professor and that made my parents really proud of me so i'm happy uh-huh. being a professor and i'm happy getting yes. the doctorate degree <laughs> an honorary doctor that's that's so fitting that's really really beautiful wow just so many projects i as i was enjoying looking at all you are doing just just in the last few months it was it's just so amazing how you keep up that pace of so many projects that must really keep you excited and really alive and busy well not just busy but fulfilling so much purpose for everybody it's it's, yeah, it's so it's, beautiful no sometimes it does feel like you know that i'm juggling too many you know balls and you know and uh, and too many of them are up in the air you know and and you know and i'm constantly you know stressed about you know whether i'm going to catch all of them so that always happens but uh, but then the thing is that sometimes you know uh, uh, you know op- opportunity comes your way and you know you don't want to let down that opportunity so you have to take it up and secondly you know the sometimes you feel that things are really really important and too important not to take up and uh, and sometimes i believe that i'm the only one who can actually you know fulfill it uh, to its uh, uh, to its uh, conclusion so that's why it's important for me to take it up so many times you feel that okay this is all that i'm going to do and in fact all the time i feel that way you know that this is all that i'm going to do and i'm going to concentrate on it but then you know all these things come my way and then i realize that i need to take up all these things and need to figure out ways to actually manage it <laughs> so you must be very organized to keep it all i try going. to be i i really try to be but it's difficult to be organized <laughs> wow such when you're creative and the i the ideas flood in and flow in and how how do you balance having such a high standard with you know that whole illusion of perfection you know to be able to keep the standard high but to be able to keep producing and knowing it's done do you find so that the thing is that Oh, so the thing is that when you when you create uh, commissioned music like uh, you know like music which has been created for let's say an advertising agency like what i used to do previously for mm-hmm. uh, commercials for various brands uh, you know then uh, you're just following the brief of someone and uh, you know and uh, you just have to fulfill that brief and you have to make someone happy and you have to uh, get that done uh, whereas uh, uh, and you know when you're showing that music to somebody else you always can make an excuse you know that this is what the client wanted or mm-hmm. you know this is what uh, this is what uh, the audience wants or this is the current trend so i had to follow that or something like that but when you're making music like uh, like you know which is an extension of whatever you want to do and music that you yourself have commissioned yourself to make mm-hmm. you have no such excuses you know uh, when you show somebody something there is no excuse you can make for it being terrible or for it being uh being bad or being of poor quality or something like that you know so that is where it becomes very difficult to be your own boss and uh, because uh, you understand that this is has to be completely excuse free and everybody is going to judge your uh, uh your capability as a musician based on your music because this is not been commissioned to you and this is exactly how you wanted it to be and you there were no deadlines to create it so that is why it becomes really difficult and you start obsessing on the smallest things uh because you want everything to be perfect because once it goes out in the world there's no way to erase it you know that's the that's what digital technology has done once you send out a piece of art into the world 
that's it that is the piece of art that's going to go to everyone people are going to judge you based on it and there is no way to delete that and say that never happened you know because it did happen and it's out there <laughs> wow well and it just it it has its own legs and wings your projects and you keep raising the bar so yeah it's just it's just so amazing and what have you learned from covid that you'll carry into cuz one day covid's not going to be the issue we're going to have vaccines and we're we're going to be moving forward again in this new world how do you think your life will be different than it was before in terms of traveling and your projects so i've always uh, prided myself in being very environmentally conscious and i'm constantly learning like for example uh, even pre covid uh, i only use public transportation for the past couple of years i've not owned a car Wow. Uh, so I've decided only to use public transportation in whichever country I am in. Uh, second thing is that uh, I have only eleven sets of clothes at any given point of time. I wow. do not subscribe to fast fashion. If you go onto my Instagram, it's the same clothes that I'm wearing all the time, and I wear I buy good quality clothes, and at the same time I take care of my clothes and. uh you know and i only dispose of a piece of clothing if it is actually torn and it's not usable and uh, the third thing is that uh, i'm a i'm a vegetarian i'm an aspiring vegan but i'm a vegetarian and uh, uh, so that's what uh, so basically i do not eat or i do not use meat products so that's uh, that's what i do and uh, and also i get my carbon footprint audited every quarter so there is a company that audits my carbon footprint mm-hmm. right from my travel to my ground transportation air transport to my usage of ink printing my uh, internet usage my bandwidth everything is uh, is uh, audited at a micro level and we figure out what's my carbon footprint and based on that i offset my carbon footprint by tree plantation and by investing in renewable energy so that i lead a carbon negative lifestyle but the pandemic has shown me how non environmental conscious i am because you know the garbage in my house i've got st- i used to have staff which uh, used to you know we used to take care of all of that and it was sort of like an unseen thing and you know my packaging and you know and things that would come uh, food packaging and all of that stuff was thrown in my garbage and you know and then when i had to do everything myself uh, after lockdown because you know people could not travel to my place of work so everything had to be done by me and uh, you know and then i started realizing how much of garbage i'm creating you know every single day i do i had to throw i had to dispose of my garbage with the garbage collectors and i'm like why am i uh, why am i consuming so much of stuff which is creating so much of garbage you know and that is what got me into a whole new you know thinking process where how do i reduce my garbage and that's what the pandemic taught me that you know that uh, to reduce my garbage such that i am disposing of my garbage only once a week so i've reduced my garbage by 1/7th you know and wow. i've stopped buying stuff which has got a lot of packaging i've started only ordering food from places which do not uh put too much of packaging you know while uh, while transporting the food and you know and various other things you know and reusing all my containers and things like that so that i don't don't make it just use and throw and single use and i've stopped buying anything that is single use you know that is just use and throw i've stopped buying any such thing so so that's what i did like that's what the pandemic has taught me which is going to go far uh you know uh, uh far uh, uh after the pandemic you know so <laughs> you're leaving such a powerful footprint for us to walk and follow that's really inspiring even if we all just make one change that will help everybody right but use less plastic and and your point about how much gasoline we might spend if we don't need to make that trip and And because that's the thing about uh, plastics you know that plastics what people do not realize is that the amount of plastics that reaches the ocean every single year 
is basically fourteen followed by nine zeros. No, that's the num. That's the number of kilos. So the number of pounds would be exactly double that. That is twenty-eight uh, followed by nine zeros. That is the number of pounds of plastic that is reaching the ocean. Because at the end of the day, plastics was invented as a miracle material simply because it was non-biodegradable, which means it would not wash away. But we humans. you know somewhere along our journey we just realized we just felt that plastics are disposable which makes no sense because if it's non biodegradable how can it be single use and how can it be disposable you know because it means that every single plastic that we've ever used whether it's a toothbrush or whether it's a oh. whether it's a candy wrapper whether it's a plastic bag or whether it's a straw still exists somewhere on our planet it still is there somewhere maybe broken down into smaller pieces but it's still wow. somewhere in our planet you know and all of that ends up in a landfill and landfills always end up going into the ocean you know so that's what we are doing you know right now as the as a human species we are just polluting the oceans and and mm-hmm. a direct effect of this is that 100 uh, fish that is marine species 100 of 100 million of them every single year are being killed from ingesting plastic you know the intestines are just lined with plastic 1 million birds seabirds are dying every single year and it's affecting us it's affecting us humans because it's entered into the food chain because of the fish and every single human being on an average consumes one credit card worth amount of plastic every single week no way every really? single human every single human on an average is consuming one credit card worth of plastic in our in, uh, what you in our digestive system because it's entered the food chain plastics through wow. uh, through uh, consumption of animals and even plants <laughs> that is so much valuable information oh i'm going to rethink a lot of things so thank you <laughs> wow that'll be a challenge that's beautiful beautiful i was i was thinking of everybody cuz we're all so connected we can't just think of ourselves it cuz then we just will all disappear and and not make a difference so thank you for being our leader being a pioneer just being a troubadour it's just so exciting so exciting it's so yeah, much fun so to much. talk <laughs> to you i'm so grateful and honored and i would be so happy if you could share one of your tracks with us would would love to actually so uh, so the song that uh, i'm going to be sharing with you is a song called born from the land so it's a song that we had created for the united nations convention to combat desertification now it is said that uh, you know over 150 million people all over the world will be displaced uh, by 2040 simply because you know land is not going to be cultivable anymore you know land and that's what desert desertification is all about you know that land is going to lose its vitality to actually you know grow crop or to even grow trees or to be forested all over again it's just going to lose its uh, ability to sustain life so uh, so this song is basically called born from the land and it's a song which is dedicated to the land and the fact that you know that all life actually comes from the land because our plants our trees uh, you know the the stuff that we consume uh, the houses that we build everything is from the land and we need to respect our land a lot and we need to coexist with the, the land that we walk on so that is basically born from the land it features uh, somebody who i admired all my life that is the senegalese legend baba mal who is uh, who basically is famously the voice of wakanda in the black panther movie uh, if you watch the black panther movie all the african voices that you hear in the background are basically this gentleman's voice uh, 
he's pretty much a legend in africa so that's what he is and i had the fortune of collaborating with him on the song and it also features the zanzi youth choir which is this amazing choir of underprivileged children in uh, soweto in uh, south africa and of course mm-hmm. lonnie park my usual collaborator as part of the song mm-hmm. so thank you so much for uh, for permitting me to play this song oh, at this uh, podcast thank you <laughs> thank you so much for all that you share of your heart and your life and your inspiration, your vision, and all that you know. It's just such an honor. It's going to inspire everyone that hears this and and will continue to be inspired. I'm looking forward to all your new productions, and it's just beautiful. Beautiful. I, thank, I you thank you so you much. So thank you. Much. <laughs> Namaste. Thank you. Thank you. Many blessings and so much thanks. Thank you. Thank you. to know we'll always have a home a solid ground beneath our feet the earth we walk upon build our homes upon she can provide our every need but we need to stop and look around and marvel at all its Let's celebrate the joy of life
listening to the Sounds of Healing podcast. Please subscribe to our community as we raise our vibrations and offer support and celebration. To learn more about today's story and guest, and to receive free gifts, please visit KarenOlson.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-O-L-S-O-N, and click on Podcast. Until next time, may you have many sound blessings.